Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Marriage Contract with Steph and AJ. Hey. Today we're going to be talking about figuring out your religion while married. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, maybe. But <laughs> no matter what, hold on to your butts. We're going to get started. Yeah, so our religion... Let's just give you a little bit of our background. We know that some of you listening might not be religious. Feel free to skip this episode, but we hope you listen. We always hope you listen. Yeah. Because this is a podcast. (laughs) Wow. If you're watching this, then wow, you're bored. (laughs) Watching, listening. But can you hear a difference in our podcast? Probably not. Oh, we got a new microphone, so. Yeah, straight up. Facebook Marketplace. It's a legit podcasting microphone. Drove to uh, Greenbrier, picked it up at the Family Dollar. We didn't buy it from Family Dollar. (laughs) I mean, come on, guys. Like, we're we're cheap, but we're not not Family Dollar cheap. (laughs) Yeah. Most days. Yeah. Oh, no. It wasn't Family Dollar. It was Dollar General. That's worse. Yeah, so Dollar General. Different. Yeah, maybe do- they'll be a sponsor. Oh, sponsor is Dollar General. <laughs> this episode, I don't even think we're allowed to say that. No, you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> I'd scratch all of that, guys. So we we are not sponsored by. Not sponsored Dollar General. But not an ad. Gla- <laughs> we'll gladly put on an ad for you. <laughs> all right, figuring out our religion while. We are married. So let's give a little bit of a background. AJ, you want to start with your background? Yeah. For all, for I guess the majority of you maybe they don't know, uh, I come from an independent fundamental Baptist background. I was raised in it from the time that I was a baby, literally. I'm pretty sure I was going to church in my mama's belly. Like, <laughs> like I was full IFB all the way back. So... It was a, uh, it was an interesting experience. Not gonna lie. So, but that's that's where I come from. So I I grew up in IFB. My dad is actually an IFB pastor. We worked at we've worked at a missions agency in our time. My dad's worked on staff at Christian schools. He's been pastoral staff. I think at every word we'd ever been growing up. He started a church in the early nineties in a little town called Avon Park in Florida. So. I've been in IFB my whole life. Mm-hmm. My dad is still a pastor in Indiana. So shout out to you, Pops. So he's still a pastor up there. And I was also a youth pastor there for a little bit. I went to West Coast Baptist College for a couple years on and off. I did not graduate because college is awful. Yeah. I do not like... not. It's not for everybody. Yeah, it's it's not. It's definitely not for me. So it was. I was really good in school. Didn't like college. The experience was okay. But the well, classes I mean, you met me, so yeah. Oh yeah. That was <laughs> wow. That was the place where I met Stephanie. So yes, yeah, super important. But that's kind of our that's kind of my background. I've always been in IFB up until well, re- really up until lately, which is kind of what this podcast is about. So mm-hmm. I have not been on staff at an IFB church for the past four years. Almost four years yeah. now. So I've just been a lay person in church. I've worked in a couple ministries, but I have not been a paid staff member since then. So, and now you're all caught up. Yep. 
So like AJ, I grew up in an independent fundamental Baptist background, going to church when my mother was great with child with me. My parents were on staff at a Christian school in Texas. We moved to Tennessee and they are currently on staff at a Christian school here. And that is where I taught for five years and just recently resigned from my position there. We stepped out of the church. So that's kind of where we're at right now. There might be some people listening that are wanting to know the ins and outs of why we left. If you want to know, you can definitely email us. We'll be glad to talk to you about that. We do want to preface this, though, by saying that this is not a schmear campaign. We're not here to put anyone down. We're just talking about our experience. Yeah. Yeah, we we just, whenever these kind of topics are brought up, especially in the IFB realm that we have um, recently left, it can be very skewed that we actually, we left and that we called division and everything else. I feel like we left very quietly. Mm-hmm. We just stepped away and I don't need to spill all that right now because there's going to be a whole podcast about it. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going to discuss religion and how we came to the point where we are now. Yeah. And obviously this is about religion and marriage. So, yeah. so some of the things that we were told how religion kind of shaped our marriage, our idea of marriage. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that and then kind of like figuring things out since then. So some of these, well, actually AJ came up with all of these. Do you remember them or do you want me to read them? You probably need to read them. (laughs) He doesn't, he doesn't have the notes in front of him. So, so some of the ways that the IFB, the independent fundamental Baptist movement shaped Our idea of marriage, one of the ways is uh, absolute submission of the wife. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. We're not going to go into all that right now. (laughs) But that is one of the things that that we were personally taught. One of the things that we had heard preached at all the different churches we were at, at the school we went to, and Christian womanhood classes that Stephanie was in. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the notes and in and some of the classes that I was in as well, that the absolute submission of the wife, meaning that basically putting the husband as like the final authority that um, the wife really doesn't have any say. All she's supposed to do is just be meek and submissive mm-hmm. and just kind of go along with whatever the husband tells her to do, which if that's how you view your marriage and how you think marriage is supposed to be. It's probably not very healthy. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was one of the main things we were taught. And that was why we wanted to jump right into there. And people use a lot of verses to try to skew that. I don't have, I don't have the energy to, to <laughs> combat you right now, but. That's not what this is. That's not what this is about. But that is something that, that really caused a hindrance in our marriage mm-hmm. where, um, when we first got married, I felt like I had ideas and thoughts and that <laughs> Stephanie would just, you know, just fall in line. Fall in line. <laughs> <laughs> he was wrong. <laughs> I was incredibly wrong. So, And it caused a lot of division in our marriage. It caused a lot of strife. Mm-hmm. But it caused us to not talk for long periods of time. It caused us to have a very unhealthy relationship with each other, as well as with all of those around us. Because I don't know if y'all have noticed so far um, in your marriage, but... 
how you respond to other people outside of your marriage is usually directly mirrors how your marriage is going with your yeah. wife. So, like, you can put on a brave face and you can you can put on, I don't know, yeah, hairs. That's what that's what <laughs> I kept wanting to say. You can put on hairs. Hairs. <laughs> that was her- heresy. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. That's my dad joke for the episode. <laughs> uh, but you can. You can put on airs and you can do all those things and you can you can act like you and your wife are on good terms. But it'll all come out eventually if you're having troubles. And the first the first people that usually see that is if you have children. Is your children. Yeah. You're not hiding anything from your children. Yeah. And, you know, even with the absolute submission of the wife, I mean, marriage is a team effort. It is. I have ideas and opinions and AJ has ideas and opinions. And it's not about whose ideas and opinions are right and which ones should be followed. It's okay. Well, let's work these together and compromise where we need to. And this and that it's not necessarily the wife has to submit to her husband because the verses that they use, they're taken out of context. So Straight out of context. <laughs> wow. So, so that's one of the ways that that culture shaped our marriage, that religious idea. Also, I don't know if we're going to talk about this a little later, but the, even just the order of how things are supposed to be and like, well, it's supposed to be God and church, the husband and the wife and the children. And I don't know, like, I'm like picturing the little umbrella umbrella, thing that we were always showed, but that's not, that's not how it was supposed to be. Well, let's, let's make this number two then. So number two, let's talk about the order of the family and the church. And this is really not really two. It's like one A. So (laughs) if if you're there keeping notes, guys, this is Roman Duper of one. Going back to our religious religious ideas there. So, and that is, so when we think about the order of the family that we were taught, it was always, it was always God was first. And then the, usually, usually I always thought the church was second. Church and pastor. Church and pastor, Yeah. And underneath that was the husband, then the wife, and then the children from oldest to youngest. And then maybe we can link pet, I guess. Maybe we should like bottom. link um, a picture of this in the show notes so you That's can go too look much at trouble. it. <laughs> so if you want to see some stuff, just uh, hit us I'm, hit us up on Instagram. We'll have an Instagram. You can you can follow <laughs> along with all of our yeah. We'll share we'll our share a picture. Yeah, we got plenty of we got plenty of stuff for y'all. Just come you're along <laughs> for the ride. So, so how does that affect how does that affect your marriage? Well, if you look at that and you say, okay, well, first is God. That's that's correct. It's like check mark green right there. Yeah, God first foremost. Underneath that, the church. I personally don't think the church is second. No. So I think that God, he for, he first instituted himself, God, mm-hmm. and then he instituted the family. Yeah. And then the church comes along to uplift the family, right. but the family does not uplift the church. Right. But that's a theological discussion that <laughs> I'm happy to have with you. So, but so like, so let's move on with that. So. The picture that you always see is you'll see that you're gonna see the church, then you'll see the husband, and then you'll see the wife. To me, uh, husband and wife are equal. We're on equal mm-hmm. playing fields. So my wife does not have to go through me to get to God. Right. 
So she can speak to God herself because, you know, she's a believer and God doesn't save a family. He saves a person. Yeah. So he talks to a person. He does not talk to a husband so he can relay it to his wife. That would be a problem. So, <laughs> so hmm, interesting. But that is one thing we were taught is that order yeah. was always like that. And it's not, guys. Uh, you you do not have dominion over your wife. Like you do not directly talk to God and your wife. Whatever your wife says, talks to God. Like you can't overrule her with that. Mm -hmm. That's garbage. Terrible. <laughs> Don't do it. Because let me tell you guys, man to man here. There's been a lot of my marriage life where my wife has been way more in tune with God than I have been. <laughs> Period. For a lot of different reasons, but it just goes to show God doesn't just talk to me. <laughs> he speaks to my wife. And there's a lot of times that he speaks to my wife and then my wife comes over and says, hey, and she tells me <laughs> what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> and not in a mean way, but in a very kind way, because uh, as we talked about on our Enneagram episode, yeah. that would not work very well <laughs> if, if either one of us came at each other, yeah. um, accused of accusational okay. yeah accusatory accusatory I don't know. that's what i want to say not <laughs> sure if that's a word so someone out there google it send it to us if we're wrong <laughs> keep it to yourself if we're right send it out over <laughs> but that's one of the ways that marriage was kind of it, and it just skews off everything yeah. it skews off your whole order and it just makes you it gives you a superiority conflict yeah. as a husband well that the submission of the wife. Yeah. So know, that he's the umbrella over the family. So two, I guess we maybe we should have just started with that little picture of the umbrellas. But the third thing was another thing that was kind of skewed in our marriage was with the wife and the husband's role with the children. So AJ said that he always believed that the wife's responsibility was the rearing of the children, um, taking care of them and teaching them. And the husband's role was discipline. Yeah. So that was, that was always the way that it was kind of laid out. Again, this is, I'm not pointing at any specific pastor or any specific church, especially not the one that we just left. This is an all-encompassing mm -hmm. overview of our experience. Right. So, and that was one of the ways is that it always it always felt like, and and to an extent, it's always something that we leaned into in that earlier part of our marriage. Yeah, where I kind of left it all on Stephanie to do all this, all this stuff, and my only job was to go do my job, and then come home and discipline wherever I needed discipline, and then go on about doing whatever else I needed to do. So it was, it's, it's like drive by parenting. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, like I'm, I'm going away and it's like, ah, spank, spank, spank. <laughs> then I go on about my business that fosters a lot of anger in your children, even at a very young age. It's yeah. a lot of things. It, it messes up your relationship with your child because then your child only sees you as the one who disciplines or as a person that is mean and angry. Mm -hmm. all the time just it's and not it was a, a strain on us yeah because i was so frustrated that you weren't helping me yeah and then i would get so frustrated that stephanie wasn't disciplining the children yeah <laughs> so it was it, it all went kind of both ways yeah. so and so that was that's kind of where we're getting to with this yeah so. 
Okay, so the fourth thing was corporal punishment of children. Um, that's kind of one of the ways that the IFB kind of shaped our idea of parenting and marriage. And we, like you said, you know, you felt like we had to spank for everything. And anytime I remember being told as soon as that baby can roll away from you while they're changing their diapers, you better smack that little leg and get them back on that diaper. And I remember like, Okay. And that's the key. That's the key to a good life. And I found out really quickly that that doesn't work for every child. Every child needs discipline a different way. Yeah. So that is something that, that honestly, guys, that we're, that we're still going through ourselves. Yeah. So still trying to figure out the best. Yeah. Still trying to find the balance in there. You know, it's, we, we've had conversations with a lot of parents, people with, way older kids, people with kids at our age, just trying to figure out what were you supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> and come to find out none of us have the answer. Yeah. But what we were always taught was, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. And we were taught that almost like it was a Bible verse, mm-hmm. um, which FYI, it's not a Bible verse. <laughs> um, in case I mean, as your Bible is different than mine, <laughs> but there's not a verse that says spare the rod, spoil the child. So it's something that we have been going through. It's tough, man. And it's really, it's really, it's a tough habit to break. Yeah. Um, and it really reveals a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. You really start realizing how angry you are when you do discipline. And guys, do not, do not discipline out of anger. Yeah. Don't ever do it. It's it's an empty feeling, and your kids your kids they see what you're doing. They yeah. see you're angry, and you're disciplining them. And good grief, that is not model Christ. First of all, right. So well, I think for so long we were taught that you know when we do wrong, you know Jesus or God disciplines His children, and you know He comes behind and gives you a spanking and all this stuff like. We were taught that that's how God views us and how Jesus, that's how our relationship with his, him is. And so that carries over into our own children. And I don't know about anybody else, but especially if you are a stay at home parent and you are dealing with small children all day, like you do not, there are times where you are not in the state of mind to discipline a child, whether that's spanking or sending them to their room or whatever, however you decide to discipline yeah. your kids. Cause there have been lots of times where I've yelled at my children to go to their room. Well, that's not loving, no. you know, where I've disciplined out of anger and, you know, I try to like calm it down, you know, <laughs> and my children are saying, you don't love me. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> like, so there's a lot of stuff that we were told about marriage and child rearing and all of that stuff in our religious sect, I guess, if you wanted to call it that, that was just not correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I remember as, as a teenager, and so I remember hearing stuff from SM Davis and I mean, just all kinds of just when you go out now and look at all kinds of just wacko stuff about 
how you should how you should discipline your children. Yeah. And you know, here I'm gonna help y'all out with uh with how to discipline your children. Grace first. Yeah. It, and like what well, how how are we supposed to do that? I don't know, but that's what Christ does for us, and we're and we're supposed to be modeling after Him. Yeah. So does that mean you you show mercy in every instance? I don't think so. Just because, just like with Christ, there's times when He does chasten us, but there's a lot of times there's a lot of sin that we commit every day that He doesn't. There's a lot of sin that we commit that we don't even realize that we're committing it. Yeah. And that's a that's a larger topic which we're getting to, but just remember that always always remember grace you don't have to come down with the full weight of the law on your children mm-hmm. it's okay to show mercy because you're trying to raise people that show mercy mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's good so we say all that to say that our choice of church since we were born was decided for us and even when we got married you know we were kind of the only option we had was to go to Indiana and be at the church that AJ grew up at. And then when we left Indiana, we felt like the only place we could go was where I grew up. We never really made the decision of where we wanted to worship for ourselves. No. Yeah. And that's, and that's tough. And, and I feel like that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, seems like a lot of people that we've talked to um, over the years and even just recently, we've all kind of felt that. Like we've all felt that we've we've never stepped out, whether because we were scared to step out, because it's scary stepping out into the great unknown, or if we were pressured not to, mm-hmm. or if we were pressured to stay instead. Because I think those are... Those can be different things. Well, and really not even like direct pressure from anyone, just yeah. like in the back of our minds, like, well, we, we have to do this because these people would be disappointed or stuff like that. It was kind of like almost an internal pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something we talk about too, is like, you know, we don't feel like our, our parents necessarily like told us we had to stay somewhere that we had to do these things. I feel like both of our parents were doing things out of love for us. They were just mm-hmm. trying to help us in the best way they knew how. Yeah. But in, really, but in spite of all that, you should still search out right. a church for yourself. Yeah, and it, it hindered us in a sense because we just we weren't forced to just go out and do it on our own yeah. and trust God on our own. And that, I think that's the biggest thing is like we were not forced as a married couple to just trust God on our own. Yeah, and and I see that a lot in a lot of our lives is we're not... We don't ever try to challenge ourselves to find God for ourselves. Yeah. We self-righteously stand on the shoulders, quote unquote, of other people in our past without ever trying to know God for ourselves. Yeah. And that's one of the things, and that's kind of where we're leading to, is for us, what kind of finally settled some things for us and where we really started to see that we had some major differing opinions on things was when we both decided to, we were both going to start delving into theology for ourselves. Yeah. And, and it's really, and it's really been telling the amount of theology that hasn't been taught to us over all these years. There's been a lot of opinions. Yeah. We've heard a lot of preachers preach about things, but we have not heard a lot of teaching about theology, Yeah, about the grace of God. We've heard a lot of preaching and teaching about 
the rules of God, mm-hmm. but very little about the Which grace really of God. Which really aren't even rules of God. They're just rules of man. Uh, but that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. Prefer- preferences. If you go against someone's preferences, does not mean you're singing against God because yeah. preferences aren't real. They're preferences are just what they are. Preferences. Yeah. So they're individual. <laughs> yep. And then, and here's another thing. Here's another problem with preferences. My people out there is that uh, preferences tend to lead to manipulation. Mm-hmm. They can be weaponized. They can be used as, as a form of abuse. And if you don't believe that's so, there's a bunch of podcasts out there about abuse, especially yeah. in the IFB realm that I challenge you to, uh, Go listen to the Preacher Boys podcast and uh, shout out to Eric Skorzynski. So, <laughs> oh, good job. Because that's my guy. So all that to say, search God out for yourself. Yeah. Learn some theology. Know what you believe. Be able to back it up with scripture in context. Like just know what you believe, guys. Yeah. Like it's 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 so important. It's so important. To and don't do God. it alone. Do it together. Yeah. We yes. got together. That's been the a huge thing for us. And look, we are we are fresh into all of this. We just stepped away from the church that we were attending a month ago. Yeah. A little over a month ago. So and we've been diving into all of this. It's very, very fresh. So we don't we're not claiming to have the answers, but something that's been really nice especially like going back to the Enneagram, like in the last episode, AJ is, he's a five. So he likes to investigate things. He likes to figure it out. He likes to read. He likes to listen to, he likes to just, he wants to know everything. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) I mean, I want to know things, but I don't have the mental capacity to just sit and study things out because my mind is like in several different places with working and taking care of kids and all that. So what's been really neat for us as a married couple is AJ really diving into it and then talking to me about it. And we have, we've stayed out up many nights, just talking about theology, talking about Christ, talking about redemption it's it's been really it's been refreshing for our marriage it really has been so it's it's really taken you know a lot of things that that we were taught over the years was you know you're supposed to to think about the things of god and to study the things of god and to study to show that self-approved and all these things um but i didn't know how to do it well yeah, yeah. but i also i didn't see anyone modeling that yeah i had never heard of a of a husband and wife getting together talking about theology yeah no. Ever. I, well, I, because it, a wife isn't supposed to do that no. anyway. Woo, <laughs> but that is something that it's been really refreshing. And we have we have another another couple of our friends of ours that are kind of going through the same things as us. They're a little um, further along in their knowledge <laughs> than we are. But I'm quickly catching up. So. But it's been fun to get together with another married couple who's going through the stuff, who's, you know, searching scripture and having someone else to talk to. So it's just, I don't know. It's just been really, like I said, refreshing. And even so finding like a church outside of what you've known, it's easy. I think, especially when you go to a church, that's pretty rigid to like go to the first one and be like, Oh, 
I can wear pants to this church. <laughs> but, you know, just really when, since we've been like taught discussing theology and stuff like that, we know, we know what we want in a church. Yeah. Um, so. And that's, and that's one of the things that I, I would encourage you if, if you do find yourself in a situation where you're leaving your current church, instead of just jumping right in the next yeah. Sunday to yeah. what, whatever, I don't know, first Baptist church of whatever city you're in, like, yeah. or second Baptist, if you used to go to the first Baptist church, <laughs> like I said, just jumping into the next one, stop. Yeah. Take some time. Gather yourself. Yeah. Because it's, it's no matter, no matter why you leave, whether it's for like on bad terms or we just needed to leave or if you move, if you're, no matter what, there's always going to be hurt Mm -hmm. and there's always going to be some form of healing. Yeah. And it just so happened that all of this well, came about during the COVID stuff and churches were just shut down. Yeah. So we weren't able to go to church for, since March, but just like when we finally walked away and just, I mean, how long do we take? Like maybe three or four weeks. We just said, we're going to just focus on our family for right now. Yeah. And, and we took those, we took those Sundays really to spend with our family yeah. going to the park together, you know, just trying to bond and heal. And then, and then our friends actually invited us to this, to their church. And it's about an hour away. It's a drive, but we, we got in the car the first Sunday we were there afterwards. And we both were like, wow, this is the first time in a long time where I've actually been refreshed from a service and And it was totally different from anything, anything that we'd ever been to and not saying totally different. Like they had just crazy music or they had some band or like it was really down to earth country church. Yeah. But the word was preached. Yeah. And we walked away thinking about the grace of God. Yeah. And how it wills us forward to do things. And the only thing we talked about on the way home is, man, can't wait to go back next Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, that's, that's telling him whatever people might listen and be like, oh, well, that just means that your heart wasn't in the right place. Well, maybe our hearts weren't in the right place. (laughs) Maybe we weren't in the right place. So it was just, it was interesting because. It was funny the like our types, our Enneagram types, like how we how we were refreshed from the service in different ways. So AJ said like he was like really listening to what he was talking about and the preaching that was happening and the theology behind it and stuff like that. And I was sitting there and the pastor kept calling us beloved. Like anytime he would talk to us as a group, he would say, Beloved. Yada, 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 you know, and I just, I was sitting there thinking, I have never been called beloved before. I've never been called the beloved of Christ. I've been called a sheep. I've been called a sinner from the pulpit, but never beloved. And that just, it really spoke to me 
And it really just, it encouraged my heart. And like I said, we're very fresh in this. We're new. We're just coming out. This was our second time to a service this past Sunday. So, and this is going to, this is coming out in August. So (laughs) we'll have a few more Sundays under our belt, but we just, I don't know. It's been really, really good for our marriage. It has been. So it's been very interesting to go along this path together. It's been very enlightening mm-hmm. to learn. We've learned a lot about our, our, about each other through all of this. We've both processed a lot of things differently. And it's been a lot. If you're a Christian, religion is kind of a big part of your life. And finding it when you're married is super important. Make sure you're on the same page. Life is too short to to fight about stuff. And, you know, if and if you're struggling or if you're in a church that you don't feel like you're being refreshed in. First of all, yeah, first of all, check to see where your where your heart is. And I'm not saying that, like, because you might be in sin, Mm -hmm. but. Check to make sure that you're not you're not feeling that way because of pressure being put on you to perform. Yeah. But make sure that your heart is pointing back to Christ and Christ finished work in you and the things that Christ has done for you. Not the things you've done for Christ, because those things don't matter. What matters is the things that Christ has done for you. Christ loves you. He gave himself for you specifically. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you teach Sunday school. It doesn't matter if you do junior church. It doesn't matter about all the things. The only thing that Christ wants us to do is he wants us to revel in the grace of himself. Yeah. And that should be where your heart is. So if you're feeling tired, I've been there. If you're feeling burnt out, I know what that's like. If you feel like I just don't want to do this anymore, I got you. If you feel like I just left the church and I don't want to ever go back, May have been there too, (laughs) but there's more to the story. Mm -hmm. There's more to Christ's love. There's been people, there's people in our life that we know. There's family members that we have that they don't go to church at all. Or occasionally. Yeah. Or they do occasionally or they go for like special, special events or something, but you can see Christ live throughout their life. Yeah. Every time you get around them, every time you talk to them, every time you're in their presence, yeah. there's something different about them. Yeah. And it's not because they're in some weird cult-like trance or something. No, they just love you for you as a stranger. Yeah. They just love God. They just let Christ love flow through them. Yeah. And um, that doesn't come from them being at a church. No. It just comes from their relationship with God. Yeah. So, and that's I think I think we could boil it all down to when you fi- when you're trying to find your religion while you're married or if you've you're just like, wow, we're coming out of this. It all goes back to your own relationship with Christ. Yeah. And figuring out figuring it out for yourself and with your spouse and walking that path together yeah because you know since this is about marriage <laughs> you know just figuring out it out together 
and not, I think we said this in our very first episode with the things that we've learned, not letting outside influences dictate your religion with your spouse, your, your life, you know? So. Yeah. If you're feeling beat down, if you're kind of lost in, in wherever you're at, whatever church you're in, or if you're not in church at all and you just want someone to talk to, hit us up on social media, reach out. Um, We'd love to talk to you Mm because we've been there. Yeah. We'd love to help you and your family try to find Christ. Mm -hmm. It's hard to deprogram a lot of things that we've been taught or have not been taught. Yeah. But if you want to know some more things, the podcast that I think we started listening to that really pushed us down this whole path, it's a a podcast you can find it anywhere, and it's called Theocast. And those guys is three three pastors, and they just talk about theology. Mm -hmm. And uh, my buddy Nick, he sent it to me. He said, I had to listen to it, so I did. (laughs) And it totally changed my worldview. It has totally made me fall in love with Christ in a way that I had never fallen in love with him before. So... So guys, there's 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 more to life than where you're at. Yeah. So one of the big things we want to talk about as we're kind of wrapping up here today is the importance of finding a confessional church, whatever mm-hmm. church you attend, making sure your church is not steeped in pietism. If you're in a church that pushes your faithfulness to God and how that points to your salvation or some kind of assurance of your salvation, my friends, let me tell you, that's not what the Bible says. The finished work of Christ is what saved us, period. It's nothing we can do. Our faithfulness to God is not important. What's important is his faithfulness to us. And as coming out of the IFB realm, we had, we'd been taught specifically against that. We'd yeah. been taught that your faithfulness all is anything. And all these people that believe in this grace and all this stuff, they don't... <laughs> They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything for God. And let me tell you, I was there. I lived it. I preached from the pulpit about it. But what I have found now is that whenever I fall back on the grace of God, I do want to read my Bible. Mm -hmm. I want to learn about things. I want to go to church again. Yeah. Because it's not performative. It's not. It's 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 getting it's getting out of ourself. It's getting out of that inward. Someone I was in today called like they called it navel gazing. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I yeah. heard that one. <laughs> yeah, it's that's about stop stop looking inward and stop start looking, looking at your belly button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Piper does all the time. Look at my belly button. Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, super annoying. When she just comes up randomly and you're just standing there talking to your wife and she just pokes you directly in your belly button. <laughs> Let me tell you, nothing prepares you for that ever. <laughs> Even if it happens for the 50th time, it's still super annoying. So, but one of the things that, that make sure that you're not looking into yourself because to finish, because you should always be looking at Christ, always be looking at Christ. I was talking to uh, Stephanie the other day. Um, I was sitting in my truck. It was a Monday at lunchtime and which usually Mondays at lunchtime is when I'm sitting in my truck. I'm usually, if if I'm eating something, I'm doing that. I'm watching a YouTube video, some mindless nonsense. And uh, I found myself sitting in my truck and I had this Bible that's been in my truck for I don't know how long. And I was like, I just, I just reached down and picked it up and started flipping through, thinking about some of the verses I had been learning about in context and these things. And then it finally dawned on me as it was time for my 
my midday conference calls, like I just spend 45 minutes of my lunch break reading my Bible. Yeah. And I didn't do it because somebody told me to do it. Yeah. I did it because the Holy Spirit kind of nudged me to do it and I did it. Yeah. And the only reason why I did that is because I had shaken off all that legalism we'd been taught. Like you must do this. You, yeah. you must pray to God. You must spend 15 minutes in prayer every day. You must read a chapter of Proverbs every day. You must study the scriptures. Whenever I shook all that off and leaned on the grace of God and allowed the Holy Spirit to work through me, I found myself doing those things. You want to. I wanted to. Yeah. And that's all part of finding your religion. Yeah. There's so much more to the Christian life. So make sure you're looking for it. Yeah. So should we have... Should we sing, give me that old time religion nope. on our way out? Definitely not going to do that. <laughs> this ain't no old paths yeah. going on around here, guys. So sorry yeah. to burst your bubbles. Well, I hope that this was a help to somebody out there. And like we said, if you're, if this is like totally foreign to you, we hope that it was an interesting lesson. Yeah. So, and if there's, if you need some resources, like we said, EOCast has been good. Melanie's podcast, Never Stifle, yes, has helped Stephanie a ton. Yeah. And whenever she listens to this, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never listened to any of them, but I'm going to start <laughs> tomorrow. I promise. So, so if you're looking for resources, we're going to put some of those things out. We'll link some of them in the show notes, not because we're promoting them or anything, but we're just trying to help help everybody out. They're like, look, this is what's helped us. Yeah. I think it'll help you. Yeah. So we're just passing along. Just helping everybody out. So because yeah, we've been there. Been there. So, so that's, that's kind of the end here, guys. So figure out your religion while you're married. It's super important. Yeah. It'll, it'll strengthen everything about your life. See you next time. Hi guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.